Welcome to the Two Stewards Show. Mark has lost his faith. And I should add, in the current monetary system. And so, we continue to explore alternatives. Instead of reverting back to a physical commodity money that has stood the test of time and been used with great success for thousands and thousands of years, and then subsequently failed because human beings invented central banking, namely gold, we are discussing Bitcoin to see if there's any merit to a monetary technology that was invented in obscurity by some strange internet dude is super volatile in price and is only 15 years old. When something new comes along, my immediate reaction is one of hesitation. It's like, wait a minute, what could go wrong here? And doubly so when it is some new financial shenanigan. Wait a minute, what is this newfangled way to lose all my money? You know, last time I signed up for one of those cool investment ideas, it took only three weeks for me to lose everything. Is it even possible to lose everything in a week and a half? Mark and I are not qualified to be giving financial advice, so this is just us describing how we think about Bitcoin. How did Bitcoin come about? What is the context in which it came about? How should we look at it? Is Bitcoin an investment? What is Bitcoin's path to monetization? So if you're like me and a bit hesitant when it comes to adopting a new monetary standard in your life, then this episode may not convert you, but I can't tell you it won't make you lose your faith in the current system. And if you're looking for a great way to actually buy Bitcoin in Canada, the guys at Bull Bitcoin have set up a link for us at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash two stewards. And we'll put that in the show notes. If you use that link, you'll get $20 in free Bitcoin as well. So check it out. And now, as your faith in the fiat system is faltering, let's look at Bitcoin. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Two Stewards Show. My name's Mark, and I'm here with Brent. You got to hold the show. Show. Yeah. There you okay. Go. <laughs> well, it's like I had a monster truck rally. I've never been to one of those. Good stewards, stewards, stewards. <laughs> okay, we'll work on the intro, folks. Yeah. But anyways, welcome back. Uh, this episode, we are going to talk a little bit more about Bitcoin. We're still sort of working through our introduction to Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin? How does it work? Um, Brent, should you invest we'll yeah. in Bitcoin? We're still trying to learn what it is ourselves. <laughs> um, <coughs> should you invest in Bitcoin? Well... Are we even allowed to make financial advice on this podcast? Uh, no. So, yeah. <laughs> need, I first, guess, a big uh, disclaimer. Yeah, the disclaimer. Before this we is for say anything. Entertainment purposes only. And um, what else do they say? I don't know. That's all we're good for anyways. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's an en entertainment podcast, folks. And uh, <laughs> we have some opinions that we uh, like to express from time to time. So, should you invest in Bitcoin? And that's kind of a tricky question because when I think about Bitcoin, I think that Bitcoin... Uh, is money like it has a lot of the properties that uh, that we've talked about in the past on this podcast that good money has right yeah yeah so, that's essentially the argument right what for bitcoin Th that bitcoin is sound money yeah, yeah so that that's kind of our premise and when i think about um the question like can you invest in bitcoin essentially what you're saying is can you invest in money mm -hmm. or like I guess you could say currency. Like if you think about it, can you invest in the Canadian dollar um, in a, if you kind of draw a similar comparison from Bitcoin as money to maybe the Canadian dollar as fiat money, yep. can you invest in the Canadian dollar? 
You can. I mean, people do Forex trading, right? Foreign exchange stuff, but that's like pretty specialized. That's like a currency arbitrage. Yeah. And typically you're not doing it with like a thousand bucks, right? Because there's just like the fees would kill you. There's no point in doing that, right? You're doing millions of dollars. Yeah. And um, yeah, you've got the spread between this currency and that currency and you sell it at this time. You know, you have to buy it at the right time. So like highly specialized. As as an investment, like when I think about the word invest, you're kind of what you're saying is I'm committing to something with the expectation of a future return or a future result that's going to be improved. Right. So if I'm going to commit my resources, my time, my energy, my money to some investment, like some thing, some endeavor, whether it's like a business or um, a piece of real estate or some asset or something. I can expect a future return. And when you buy money, you really don't expect a future. Re- like you, there's nothing productive about it, right? No, it's unless you're doing that highly specialized thing, which but most then, people don't. But then so the, we can exclude that. Yeah, like the Forex kind of thing you mentioned. I think what you're doing there is you're, you're transacting between different currencies yeah. and taking the benefit of that. So what you're essentially doing is kind of creating an active role as a, a Forex trader, right? Yeah. Where you're... you're you buy one thing and then you will sell it for the other one when the um, the values. Yeah, but you're not doing like a long-term hold. No. Generally <laughs> speaking, right? I know some people like... We should do that. I'll, I'll put my money in Bitcoin for the next 30 years and you put your money in the Canadian dollar <laughs> and then we'll see. And you're I not mean, allowed to do anything with it. You just got to hold it in your bank account. On a, on a country level, <laughs> yeah, some countries do this, right? They'll just hold US dollars. And but that's not what countries. Well, like China has done it for a long time. I'm not just talking about bonds, but actual dollars, right? Right. Like many countries. And have what, so what's dollars. the logic there? Like they. Well, wanna... it's generally not an investment. It would be more of a hedge against their own dollar, against other things going on in the world. I just want to point that out. Like okay. people do hold dollars. Yeah. Um, but again, usually no, you wouldn't have not US dollars investment. as an investment. It's not like they're, yeah, okay. Yeah, like if you look up what's an investment, that's the process, um, dictionary definition, the action or process <laughs> of investing money for profit or material result. So you're expecting something at some point from it and not just like it's a hedge against, well, our dollar is going down or our economy is weakening, yeah. so, weakening, so we're going to hold a whole bunch of US dollars, right? China did this for a long time, and many countries have now dumped their U.S. dollar. Um, but that's, again, that's, you know, more on a macro level. And when we're talking about individual investors, um, it's not something that people do. Yeah, so, yeah, so our invest in money. Yeah, so our premise is that Bitcoin is money. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe we want to try to get into, like, the basics of Bitcoin itself, the mechanics of, okay, what, what actually is it? Because... When we talk about gold or salt or seashells or cattle and all these other archaic monies, yeah, um, I think people can get a pretty good idea in their head. Like, okay, gold. I've seen you know a big gold bar in my under my bed. Yeah, um, I know what that looks like. But Bitcoin is intangible and is digital, so it's like internet native, right? We had Jesse Berger on. We talked about internet native money. Yeah, so. I don't think people in their head know, okay, like Bitcoin is this. So how, how can we start talking about this in a way that people understand? So I think we've established that the money system we have now is not sound. We don't yeah. have sound money. Our dollars are not sound. 
and uh, we don't need to go through all of that again, but through monetary policy, inflation, etc. Um, and hopefully we've established that Bitcoin is sound money, um, but not, I wouldn't call it an investment. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but then what is it? So I guess it, uh, one way to look at it is, um, I think Jesse helped us with this too, um, about Bitcoin's monetary policy, but Bitcoin came out at a certain point in history, right? Like 15 years ago. Yeah. Great financial crisis. Yeah. Some guy comes up with Bitcoin. Like it's an invention. Um, so in a sense, it's an invention. Also, in a sense, it's a discovery because he he kind of discovered a way to have decentralized money. And it's interesting because he put out this um, he put out this white paper. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many white papers you read, Mark. But <laughs> Usually the only white light. paper I have is in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the kind of white paper we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what's a white paper? A white paper is like a technical. Yeah, it's like an um, academic article kind description of, yeah. of something, right? So it starts with an abstract, yep. right? Like a summary of what what the thesis is that this, this person's putting forward, this research is academic. Yeah. Um, and then you go through kind of the solution, um, that you're proposing. And so it's interesting. Like if you've never read it, uh, the Bitcoin white paper. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's an interesting thing to read if you're into, um, this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, yeah, I guess if you're into, um, monetary technology and what, and you want to understand Bitcoin a little bit more to know, okay, why is it going up in price? Like, why is it not seem to go down to zero? Yeah. Right. Like what, what exactly is the deal with this? Um, if you read through it, it's, uh, it, it kind of points to the problems that existed before, um, Bitcoin came out Yeah. and the problems that it kind of solved and then why, um, why it works the way it does. And I almost liken like the Bitcoin white paper to maybe um, the U.S. Constitution, right? So before the right. U.S. Um, started, you know, um, its cool new way of governing people, um, they have an idea, right? And they write this down in a constitution, and that kind of governs the way the government works. Yeah, right? and they always hear in the news like, oh, you know, this guy inter- interprets the constitution in a different way. And if you look at kind of the original constitution versus the current constitution, like you think it should be the same, but it always kind of ends up having additional things added to it or some change, right? And whenever you try and change a constitution, it's like this big thing. So with Bitcoin, what's interesting is that the constitution's put out um, and changes like can happen, but the way that in which they happen happen is very closely governed, and it's like this decentralized mathematical w- uh, way that changes can happen. I don't know. This is super deep and whatever, but it's really <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> Mark's like, whatever, man. <laughs> oh, I just get so excited. Maybe I'm getting a little bit in the weeds. What do you think? Yeah. Well, hey, weeds are okay sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it is interesting that there is. A document, yeah. You know, you can call it the Constitution of Bitcoin, um, I guess. Yeah. Which is the white paper, and it like delineates all the uh, the rules and how it works. It's really that simple, right? It's like, yeah. Hey, this is my idea. It's a peer to peer version of electronic money. 
Uh, it allows payments to go from one party to the another, like right peer to peer. So yep. you send it and the other guy gets it. You don't have to go through a, a trusted third party or a financial institution. Right. And that was one of the main premises behind why they wanted to make this currency. Right. The dollar system's failing. We don't trust the banks or the governments, whatever we want to go peer to peer. Yeah. And like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, how do we do that electronically? So this is their proposal, right? It's just, hey, this is what we want. Like, do you guys want to use it? And yeah, turns out a lot of people want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're willing to pay 60000 or whatever it is in Canadian dollars right now for one. Yeah. Well, and it's important <laughs> to remember that this, this came about as, I mean, as a lot of discoveries do, in response to something. Right. Right? People typically don't invent or discover something if there's not something pushing them to do it. Right, like maybe you're Isaac Newton and an apple falls on your head and you discover gravity, if you kind of believe that version of the story, right? (laughs) Um, But usually like wartime is when many inventions and discoveries happen because people are looking for a better way to to kill things up. Yeah, better way to kill people or um, yeah, blow stuff up or in response to something that somebody else figured out, right? Like, oh, they got these bigger, better walls and like, oh, we've invented cannon. Yeah. You know, we yeah. can blow those walls down and like all of a sudden city <laughs> walls didn't matter anymore. <clears throat> but anyways, just, just, um, it came about as a response to a problem. And so that's one thing we got to remember that there's a problem. What is that problem? The yeah. problem is fiat currency <clears throat> in our monetary system. And, um, you know, gold for a long time was sort of the answer to that, but in a internet age where TCP IP rules everything, um, gold really doesn't work as a, um, see, I'm not familiar with TCP IP. Like, it's, should I be familiar with it? No, not really. <laughs> it's just a protocol that is the basis for a lot of, uh, internet traffic. Okay. Right. Transfer control protocol, I think. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, so what you're saying, there's a context that Bitcoin comes about in. Yeah. And, uh, now we have it. So. Like in response to a very real problem, yeah, this is a solution. That's why the white paper was written. Yeah, so it's not just. What's some... interesting about it is, okay, it's it's a solution and it's put out there, right? But it's not like it's not forced upon anybody. No. It's not like some government came up with this idea and then was like, "All right, people, now everyone in this territory, you have to use this uh, thing that we just invented." Um, because in response to all the fiat money that's going on, like we wanted you to use this. It was kind of like. Well, if this could work, mm-hmm. right? Like, here's my solution to whatever. And like, if this could work, then why don't you try it and adopt it? And uh, I think that's the path of monetization for Bitcoin um, that we're kind of, we're on right now. Well, that it being voluntary is like super important because what other currency do we have that is not voluntary? Right, right? now. Like, you know, you can say there's gold, um, gold or silver, right? Pe- people well, I'll don't volunteer really to use take that your much. dollars. If yeah. you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, the Canadian dollar is mandated by the Canadian government. That's why it's the Canadian dollar, right? You have to pay taxes. Yeah. In, in Canadian yeah. dollars. And yeah. that's, you know, the, the issue of taxation is yeah. where they create that demand really for the dollar, whether it's us dollar, Canadian dollar, whatever your currency is, right? Central bank, digital currencies. Again, they're, being mandated, excuse me, by governments. 
Yeah. Whereas Bitcoin is entirely voluntary. So it's just like... No one's forcing anybody to use it. Yeah, completely So we're not apart. forcing anybody to use it either. We're just talking about how it exists and how it's interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, that, so that is important. We, we kind of do the disclaimers once in a while, right? Yeah. That this is for, for entertainment or, you know, these are just, these are our opinions. Um, but really, if you're going to go down this rabbit hole, you need to do your own research. And that's yeah. sort of part of the culture of Bitcoin as well. Yeah. Where it's not like just blindly trust. It's like, no, you have agency here. And you need to... What take, do you mean by agency? Like, Well, you are your own agent. Yeah, you're responsible right? for you your own decisions. You have responsibility. Yeah, you can make decisions. You have that... Um, capacity. That capacity, but you also have responsibility to make the right decisions and to do the research and not just blindly like rush in um, because, hey, everybody else is doing it or it looks really cool or yeah. whatever, right? That's not the right approach. Yeah. Uh, to to something like this, and certainly not to um, to Bitcoin. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's it is voluntary, and it's not foisted upon us by um, by anybody else. And that's like what other currency or money can you think of that um, yeah. we have right now? Yeah, because I would think like going back far enough, gold would be a good example. Um, maybe countries would. Um, you know, collect taxes in gold yep. or, um, you know, levies on other nations or whatever in gold, like pay tribute to the king in gold. Um, so in a certain sense, yeah, it is imposed, but it probably came about before that. It was imposed, but it was also a general consensus. Yeah. Right. The fact that it was across nations. So you could say like, well, that's the U.S. dollar. And to a certain extent, you'd probably be right that almost anywhere you go, you can pay with the U.S. dollar. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we're <coughs> we're moving away from that. Yeah. Not, not moving away, but there are some fractures in that system. Yeah. Where you know you see more and more transactions in Chinese yuan or Russian rubles. Yeah. So but, okay, um, there's there's two ways. Maybe I mentioned this before, but there's two ways to kind of look at Bitcoin. I think, and one is like this technical way. Yeah, and then one is like this economic <laughs> way, right? Yeah. So on this podcast, like I think we're more coming from the economic um, side of things, right? We were talking about money and what is money and what is the value, like how does it store your time over whatever, right? Um, but there's the technical side of it, which if you read the white paper, what Bitcoin is and when it was invented, like there's a lot of math in here. Um, there's a lot of diagrams pointing like, okay, how does this actually work? Is it quite a technical thing, right? Yeah. So for the average person to just, okay, hey guys, what's Bitcoin? It's like, well... Technically, like you can get, you can get pretty technical, right? <laughs> you can, you can read this document and go in as much detail as you want and you can start doing computer code, try and figure it out. Right. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> but that side, <clears throat> if you look at <clears throat> the technical side of things only, I think that's where it's a little bit, um, a little bit short sighted, right? Because like you said, this was a technical solution or, uh, an invention, but it was in the context of an economic system, an economic problem that persisted in the world, right? To yeah. this day. So, um, cause I, I do know, uh, folks that I've talked to in the past who, yeah, well like Bitcoin, it has this technical issue. Like why, why can't we scale it? Why can't we do this with it? Why can't we do that? Right? Like look at these other cryptocurrencies that have come out since 
where the, the inventors of those cryptocurrencies have looked at the Bitcoin white paper and said, oh, yeah, you know what? We can make massive improvements on this, like for efficiency or whatever. Right. Yeah. And we can find specific use cases that are better and uh, more scalable. So why don't we implement that currency instead? Right. You have like Ethereum and you have all these other cryptocurrencies. Right. So from a strictly technical point of view, some of these other ones might have interesting technological advancements or changes or whatever or use cases or yeah i don't know but when you look at bitcoin i think it's important to realize like this was an invention in an economic system that was flawed with the intention that the uh the monetary properties of this software would be the most important thing right and the fact that we can rely on that does that make sense or go over anyways <laughs> No, it's, um, uh, yeah, it depends how far in down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin you are, but, yeah. but you're right. But I'm just and these two perspectives, are, right? Like if you yeah. just look at it as technology, well, yeah, maybe it's inferior, like, right. But if you take away the economic layer, then it maybe doesn't have as much significance. Like I wouldn't really care about Bitcoin if I didn't know that the monetary system was broken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's precisely as a response to that broken system that it came about that this yeah that the the technical aspects of it were developed and um we'll probably get into these in other episodes but a lot of the perceived weaknesses or shortcomings of bitcoin are actually strengths and it was you know i think there was a lot of thought that went into this where you're like oh we can do this better we can do that better but there's always shortfalls with that right, right? and so yeah i don't probably we're not going to get into those um we could right I mean, now our notes are pretty scrambly so <laughs> well i just i want to just quickly get back to the idea of bitcoin as an investment okay before we go get super technical right so i think we've kind of um i don't know been leaning towards like it's not an investment yeah Right. So there was that, that article we looked at Mark. in uh, the reform perspective, a, uh, a publication um, where basically the author wrote against investing in Bitcoin. And initially it's like, hey, what, you know, what you are can't you talking invest about? in cryptocurrency. Um, yeah, you can't invest in cryptocurrencies. And, you know, first of all, Bitcoin is not a cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. And then cryptocurrencies came and coalesced around the idea of Bitcoin afterwards. But it's, you know, let's make that distinction, right? It is not a cryptocurrency. Um, second of all, it's, you know, I, the gist of that article, I think, was correct. It's not an investment, mm -hmm. right? The fact that the value keeps rising is an offshoot of its technical um, merit. Yeah. And the problem that it solves in in the um in the world and but more people seeing that and adopting it putting their value in it and the price goes up yeah yeah and so you know did the author of that white paper foresee this price action i don't i don't you know maybe to an extent but i don't think he maybe understood the full ramifications of like what it would be but the point is it's just it's a simple system that works well for transacting yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of the idea of the, the whole idea of it. And the fact that people are assigning monetary vi value to each piece of that puzzle now, like that's, yeah. that's sort of a side effect. So we talked about investing, right? What is investing? You're, you're looking for profit. You're looking for gain. So you're taking what you have and you're doing more with it. Yeah. And that's really not, I don't think, the right attitude um, towards Bitcoin, right? People yeah. write about like tulip mania, the tulip bubble, the this bubble, the that bubble, the Bitcoin bubble, right? 
Um, and certainly people get involved in Bitcoin. A lot of people, the first interaction like mine certainly was like, wow, look at this. The price just keeps going up, right? We should get some. Yeah. And, you know, that's an initial that initial <coughs> worm that's dangling in yeah. front of you. But that's not really the value of it. Yeah. So we should get some as in we want free money. Right? Like well, everyone wants something quick exactly. and easy. You get it rich quick kind of. So, I mean, if I think about real estate, which... You know, we're in. Do you ever not about, think about real estate? <laughs> uh, yeah, when I'm uh, thinking about Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, but you know, you can invest in real estate. Yeah. But generally, if you're a prudent investor and, and you kind of have it, you kind of have your priorities straight. You're not looking for massive gain. Yeah. Because again, these bubbles, and we've seen some massive gains that have happened, and yeah. people who did really well, and people who did, you know, did very poorly, yeah. bought at the top, and are now suffering for that. But the prudent investor who's been in real estate for a long time, like sometimes you have these big gains. Yeah, it just that happens. That's not the game plan. Yeah, and if it happens, great. Um, but even let's say you've held real estate for the last ten years. You know, you're not really benefiting necessarily from those huge COVID gains because a lot of those have leveled off again. Yeah. And if you were to look at, you know, if you just looked at sort of the rate uh, of appreciation of real estate in the last 10 years, like it's it's actually been not normal because of monetary policy, as we've discussed. But if you sort of look at, you know, the COVID bubble, it's we're probably still in that same trajectory. Yeah, yeah. Once you adjust for the up and the down of uh, COVID pricing. So, yeah, well, so I have people come to me to just chat about real estate and, you know, they got some money kicking around. They want to invest in real estate or they, they, they want to use their money wisely. Right. So yeah. um, we always kind of take a step back. It's like, well, do you have a business? Right. Because there's lots of different ways to put your money to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And business is probably like if you have a, a business that can earn great returns and if you put a million bucks in your business and you can make it 10 million bucks in two years like that, you can't compare that. Right. But that's also an active business. Like generally yeah. um, there's people working there full time trying to make this thing work um, unless you just own the business and you're outside of it. But um, real estate's kind of the next step down where like, it's kind of a business in a box, but it's yep. a pretty simplified one. And the play is more, you're buying an asset that's, uh, going up in value because it's valued in dollars that are depreciating and it's not depreciating the same fact. Like, in fact, it's getting more scarce kind of thing because yeah, there's no the building. intrinsic value, the utility <laughs> value, but then layered on yeah. top of that is the monetary debasement. But to value. bring that back to Bitcoin, like with Bitcoin, these same people ask me, well, why would I buy Bitcoin? It's like, well, or why would I invest in Bitcoin? It's like, well, you're not really investing in Bitcoin the same way you would take a million bucks and put it into your business or take, you know, a couple hundred thousand and buy a house. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, what Bitcoin is, is a different type of thing. It's actually money. So what you currently are using and investing is Canadian dollars or whatever. And you're like that, that's not really the money. Right. So yeah, you're kind of playing this game. Yeah, you made lots of money in your business or yeah, your real estate is generating returns, but it's all denominating Canadian dollars, which is a continually debasing system. Yeah. So at some point you're going to have savings or extra, right? And that extra, I think to use it prudently is good to consider what other sound monies are out there. And that's how I look at Bitcoin. I look at, okay, this, this monetary technology is currently monetizing. And if I can buy 
uh, some of that and know that, um, you know, I can send the value to Mark instantaneously. Not that I ever would, but <laughs> Good. it's, it's peer to peer, right? So yeah. I'm never going to try it. <laughs> right. Like to, to, but it's not an investment. So when you buy it, you're not expecting that it's going to earn this big return or. Well, it's, you, it maybe will it. in relative to the dollar. Yeah. And I think right? that's and other the, goods that are denominated in the dollar. That's the sad, but the expectation reality. or the mindset when I approach this is this is a store of value. It is money. I hold it so that I know in 40 years, this will have the same purchasing power, if not more. Right. And I'm not going to be debased into oblivion. Like if I held the same amount in Canadian dollars. And right? I think that is a real important distinction. It's not buying it because it could go, you know, it could double tomorrow. Like it could, yeah. it could also drop, but over the long term. but it's, it's the same. Well, just since we started talking, it dropped uh, a thousand bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's the same thing with real estate, right? Like we said, maybe there's two values. Like, hey. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have the utility value and then, and then the aspect where it is a hedge against monetary debasement. And uh, if you have a good house, it should have debasement as well. Yeah. It can be a, <laughs> well, in Canada. Yeah, in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you want a good debasement with a good ceiling height. Um, but the, that's the same sort of value that uh, <laughs> the same sort of value that Bitcoin holds, right? Right. Is that hedge against monetary debasement, so that if you have savings holding it in Canadian or U.S. dollars, they're going to drop. Yeah. Uh, Is this like making it, any sense, Kid? Yeah. How would there be utility in Bitcoin if you never plan on using it, though? Oh. Well, yeah. So here's. So I repeat Gideon's question. Yeah. What, like, what is, sorry, what was the question? How is there, <laughs> how is there value? Well, so no, that I, Oh, I got an answer. Yeah. There's utility value for both. I, like there is utility value for Bitcoin. Um, yeah. Do we want to, okay. Do we want to beat, beat the, uh, debasement thing a little bit more? Well, the basement's pretty far down already, so we should... <laughs> We're pretty far down. Okay, so yeah, number one, it's a hedge against monetary debasement. So I would argue if you have cash, don't hold it in dollars, hold it in Bitcoin. Yeah. Unless it's something well, that you I think need he's talking about in the next the two weeks. But the utility value, the utility value is yeah. something entirely else, which in Canada, we don't really, or in North America, we may not see it as much. Yeah. Right. Because I can just I can e-transfer you. I can give you cash. I have options. Right. Those options are maybe shrinking a little bit. Yeah. Now they want to get rid of cash. Pretty you quick. see other countries where currency transactions, currency like, you know, me sending you money or taking money out of a country yeah. is severely limited. And Bitcoin solves that. Because if you hold Bitcoin, you can send it anywhere in the world and inst almost instantly. Yeah. So. And, but that's not something we're really familiar with in our context. Yeah, we have, we, there's not many vendors that take Bitcoin and whatever. So when I, okay, I think about this, I think, um, so Bitcoin is money and we've, we've looked at all the different historical monies and yep. we've kind of determined that money is naturally emergent. So like, yeah, you know, and we just talked about that off the top of the show too, right? Like this guy put this paper out there. Nobody, he didn't force anybody to use it. Just kind of like people started 
buying some for fun, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then they buy more and then, you know, eventually. So money or monetary technologies seem, if you look at them, they seem to go through this like pattern of monetization, right? Before they actually become money, money that has like this uh, utilitarian, like, hey, I can transact with it. Yeah. You got to start um, over here, right? Unless you're just a government coming in and forcing everybody to use it. And right away, it's like, okay, this is now your savings. It's now your uh, medium of exchange that you're going to use at the grocery store. And by the way, everything's going to be priced in these units that we said. Yeah. Like, okay, most like money doesn't really do that, right? Fiat money, government decree money does. Yeah, but since I central would, banking, we've had that. Yeah, but I would argue that like Bitcoin is, it exhibits superior qualities of money. Yep. And it is on its path of monetization. So, and that path has, I think, four buckets. So you talk about being first a collectible, right? And then a store of value, and then a medium of exchange, and then a unit of account. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Yeah. So like we're, you know, at the beginning, Bitcoin comes out, you know, a few kind of crazy dudes on the internet are like, oh, let's, let's collect some of these things, right? You could buy a thousand Bitcoins for pizza. I don't know, whatever you can you can get, uh, you can start collecting them because it's interesting or cool or, um, that's how it kind of starts. Right. Yeah. And then it's a thing. It gets on the news and then people start using it to store value. So like people like you and I come in and we're maybe not the most tech savvy people. We're just, well, I have a few extra Canadian dollars. I like to own Bitcoin just to kind of store value. And I don't expect to transact in it. Um, I don't expect to go to the store and see like, you know, the products I want to buy priced in Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. Like that's a little ways down. So we're kind of in this phase of we move from collectible to store of value. And now we're starting to see the world kind of interact with Bitcoin in a more serious way as more value goes into it. Right. So as the market cap gets bigger, like how much money is actually stored in this Bitcoin vehicle. Um, And then you talk about like having um, ETFs like uh, regulated and like them, them starting to basically allow bigger investors to put bigger amounts of money in. Yeah. So once you get to a certain threshold where everybody has, let's say like 1% of their money in and then 2% of them, like what if all whole world had 50% or like 10%, whatever, right? Like yeah. where's that threshold where it goes from being a store of value to, well, okay, if I have all my cash balances in Bitcoin and you have all your cash balances in Bitcoin, right? Like if, uh, let's say I had $1,000 in Bitcoin and you had $1,000 in Bitcoin, well, you can do quite a few transactions with $1,000, Yeah. right? So even if $1,000 is like, you know, 1% of your uh, net worth or something, like you can now interact with everyone else who has 1% of their net worth or whatever, right? So then it becomes this medium exchange where, okay, everybody's really transacting with it. It's useful. It's peer to peer. I can send value around. And then it kind of becomes this unit of account where you start thinking in Bitcoin, you're like, Hey, that pair of socks is actually this many Bitcoins, right? Yeah. And like that car is that many Bitcoins? Cause right now we're thinking in dollars. Yeah. It's all in dollars. And you might think in us dollars. If you think about some things, you think in Canadian dollars, like people from other countries would think in their currency. And then maybe they would also think in us dollars. Right. So everybody's unit of account is kind of forced upon them by the currency of the country they live in. And that kind of governs. um, But but that can be changed. Right. If more and more people just willingly adopt it over time, 
which is what happens to money, right? Like we talked about just naturally emerging, it just happens. It's like, well, I see more value in holding something that's scarce than something that they can print. That's yeah. <laughs> Does that and, answer your question? <laughs> okay. Well, and the, you know, the Bitcoin would only keep going up in value. We'd say as people lose faith in our monetary system, as yeah. our existing currency gets debased, right? That's why the price of Bitcoin keeps going up. Right. Because right? all the goods and services in the economy are valued right now in a currency that is slowly or quickly losing value. Yeah. So all the so prices if, are going up. Yeah. If there wasn't a problem, Bitcoin would not keep growing. Yeah. Like the price wouldn't keep going up. Yeah. Because so. no one would buy more of it. Yeah. But the price essentially goes up. Like when you talk about the price, it's kind of a tricky thing, right? Because now you're comparing the price of Bitcoin, but you're, the price is a measurement of well, we're still Bitcoin's looking at value it from in dollars. dollar terms. We're not looking at it from, you know, from <laughs> now the we're getting perspective. Complex. Yeah. But I mean, uh, everything else in our lives is valued in dollars. Right now, yeah. Like monetarily speaking, yeah. right? So that's, that's, you know, until you live entirely in a Bitcoin ecosystem, you're not going to make that switch. So you're yeah. always going to look at it from a, from a dollar value, right? Yeah. So... Um, oh man so yeah is it an investment i mean there's a long way around to say like it's not a traditional investment like i'm gonna put my money here with the hope of of uh, gain a return yeah um because most bitcoiners don't have everything they own in bitcoin right there may be some people like you said who live in entirely a bitcoin ecosystem where they live somewhere where they can completely transact in bitcoin so then maybe they have everything in that Right. And that's fine. But for most people, that's not practical. For most people who are into Bitcoin, they still have jobs or businesses that they earn Canadian or U.S. or whatever dollars from. Um, the, you know, their sources of income are in dollars. Yeah. Still, right. We still have real estate. We're investing yeah. in real estate. And that's all denominated in dollars. Eventually, at some point, it may be Bitcoin. Yeah. And I, I think I that think point, when you say at some point, I think that point has to be once there's a large number of people who have a large, large enough percentage of their cash balances or their savings in Bitcoin, right? Well, and yeah, I mean, the sad reality is our system needs to keep getting worse in order for that to happen. Yeah, which is kind of on the right track. <laughs> if <laughs> well, that's the assumption we're making, I don't know. Like, is, you just read the news sad, every day. Right? It's like, well, is yeah. this getting better or worse? Yeah. That's the only way that we get to a point where everybody uses Bitcoin. And, you know, will that happen? When will that happen? Is it our lifetime? I doubt it. But, um, like, I think that's an important thing to realize is that it's not like part of it. Yeah, we think Bitcoin is great and it's super good and everybody should use it. But the reason it's going to win, if it does, or become a, a widely accepted currency is only because the current the system is so bad and is failing. Yeah. It's not failing because of Bitcoin <laughs> or because of, you know, this, this exogenous threat to the system. It's only because the system is crumbling and it's such a bad system that it eats itself and, um, it's going to destroy funny. itself. And we've just had... made me think about politics. I'm like, okay, well, most people in politics are just focusing on, 
how am I going to make the other guy look bad? <laughs> like, yeah, we're just talking, okay, how can we make the financial system look bad enough that people... <laughs> and sometimes in politics, all you have to do is just not say anything and let the other guy destroy them. I can't think of any, you know, current <laughs> examples where that might happen, but you just, you don't even need to say anything. You just let the, the other people talk and they... Um, Oh, completely uh, completely destroy themselves. But that's kind of the system we have right now. And a lot of countries have gone through this where it's been, you know, destruction of the middle class and destruction of savings. And there yeah. was no alternative. Yeah. Right? It was just like, well, this is what's... And we've talked about countries where this has happened. Um, there was no alternative, but now there is an alternative. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the investment goes... Um, well, I still think that there is better ways to use your money because if bitcoin is money and you have money that's great but i think um well may, okay maybe let me just say you there's better ways to use your money if you're prepared to take the risk and the time right like yeah you can make uh, a good investment so even in a world where bitcoin exists um i guess what or say exists it exists right now but a Bitcoin, a Bitcoin world where everybody kind of uses it, right? You would be less incentive to incentivized to spend it because holding your money means it's worth more tomorrow, right? Yeah. Unlike what we currently have, right? We're kind of incentivized to spend it. Um, so you'd be incentivized to save um, and less incentivized to invest because investing means you're taking all your savings that are going to be worth more tomorrow and you're going to put it into something that like real estate, for example, like why would I buy that house if I don't know if it's going to go up and value or what like right there's that risk it really changes but, your outlook yeah but i still think that investing will happen and investing's uh, a good thing not necessarily real estate investing but like businesses right productive ways to use wealth or capital or value that we we've, we've stored and to put it to work towards um, improving the lives of other people um, adding value right to people's lives and then being able to um, generate a return on that money, right? And it's going to take time. It's going to take risk. It's going to take skill, right? Dedication, commitment over long term. But I yeah. think that's probably a more useful way of um, putting your money to work than just holding Bitcoin. And that's really what we want. We want a system where you can store the value of your yeah. labor. And it's not for everybody, right? Not everybody's just going to start a business and like put no. their money to work or even invest in a business, right? No, but what, like in our system now, if you're one of those people, generally you're falling behind unless you're like a high income earner which again is not everybody yeah but in the system we have now it doesn't really allow for that right because we've seen inflation eating away at everybody's purchasing power everybody in canada you know with a few exceptions is more poor than they were 10 years ago by any measure yeah whether it's buying housing whether it's buying groceries any you know their purchasing power has declined yeah. Right. And that's not right. That's it's a corrupt system. <laughs> and we're not we need to get you a sign and you're gonna pick it out front. <laughs> it's just not right, folks. Well no, I just really want to hammer the point that Bitcoin is the answer to a problem and I wish we didn't have that problem. I wish yeah. we didn't need Bitcoin. Yeah. Right? Even, well, yeah, even yeah. real estate. Yeah, real estate is We've kind of We've talked about this before. Why like, would I Yeah, buy why are a house? We here? I don't need a house. Like you yeah. need a house. Yeah, but, I have one. I don't need yeah. another one. Yeah. But it's like, no, the only way to, per, you know, either get ahead or at least hedge against this problem that we have is to buy real estate. That's why so many people have done it. Yeah. And ha have been successful. 
Oh, so just uh, yeah. One gets, more rant. Gets me a little, what else uh, we got on our notes here, Mark? <laughs> oh, where do you want to? Okay, Should, so you had the question here: Should you put all your money into Bitcoin? <laughs> that's a that's financial advice, no? <laughs> we well, so you we have that. well, you you have what we call Bitcoin maxis, right? Ooh. Maximalists. Okay, so yeah, what is that? And you know, we may be offending some of them with this podcast or what we're talking about. I don't really care, but, um, well, we're, well, like, you should, because they're maximalists. They're going to come burn our uh, they, studio. Down. They could, they could, <laughs> they could. Um, good thing we're decentralized. We can no, just unplug like, our USB. Everything is Bitcoin and everything has to be like, you shouldn't have money in anything else. Cause it's just stupid. And it's, you know, this corrupt system we talked about. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, yeah, like everything is like that's no, that's not the answer, right? Bitcoin is the solution to a problem. It's not a god. It's not something, you know, now we're you're almost like making Bitcoin mammon. Yeah. And you're worshiping it, right? We yeah. should use money for good. Yeah. We should use it to praise God. We should be yeah. good stewards. Well, yeah, when you say steward, it's it's a gift to us too, right? It's not ours. Yeah. Like even when you're kind of hoarding or storing or what do they call it? Hodling, right? Holding Bitcoin for the long term. That's kind of like this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not yours. Tech, like that's as Christians, what we believe, right? It's not uh, everything that we have is a gift from God, right? And we yeah. are stewarding it. Like it's under our control. Yes. But technically God's well, gift to us. Yeah. There's an interesting, we should talk about that too. Interesting culture, subculture of Bitcoin. Right, this very strong libertarian bent and this very strong sovereign individual uh, movement, but those are um, two things that are very deep rabbit holes. They are sovereign they individual, are. but and I think we can cover them yeah. in five minutes. Okay, so they're, they're not that important. <laughs> they're not that important, but <laughs> no, they are. I mean, th th those are whole episodes on their own. Um, but yeah, the, this this whole idea that Bitcoin only and nothing else, like like you, you know, we've talked about. Having a business, that's probably the best use of your, if you can do that, the best use of your time and your money and the, you know, the best stewardly use of that, whether you're denominated in dollars or, Bitcoin. Um, or Bitcoin. So, and then, you know, real estate, we would probably, I think we say is like the, the next best thing yeah. and the best especially in for a lot of system. regular people. Yeah. yeah. Only because the current system is so lousy. Yeah. I think and having for regular people in any is, system would be good. Yeah. Whether you're in a, like a yeah. Bitcoin system or a gold system or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because in a business, you're actively trying to produce things of value to people. Like with real estate, your, your product is like housing, which is a value, but it's kind of like a passive. There's more value than just the utility yeah. value. But, but you we said talk it's about accessible for people. Like, yeah, the average person can get into it because yeah. you can qualify for debt and it's easy to like, and it's, it's pretty straightforward because yeah. there's a lot of demand for housing. And yeah. And we talk about reaping and sowing as well. Right. right? Do and we? That, well, I think we, we have. should. Okay. We should. Okay. If we have episode, we should. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just the idea of reaping and sowing. Like I understand the reluctance that people, I think you were, you had a quote from, um, uh, Jack Handy, <laughs> not those ones. Okay, uh, Bonson. I can't. Oh. It's not Greg. It's uh, David. It's this kid, right? Who's a hedge fund manager, and I think he talked. Um, he did. I think he put out a book. I think you have the book, right? Yeah, Doug Miss Wilson. In, miss inflation. Miss yeah. inflation. Anyway, so there there is this reluctance for Christians to engage in Bitcoin because of this idea of reaping and sowing, and you're you're sowing what you didn't reap, 
And that's yeah. never really a good thing, right? And that's with the expectations of massive gain. But if, if hopefully we've kind of put that to rest, that that's not why you should be looking at Bitcoin. You should be looking at it in response to a broken and corrupt system. Yeah. Um, you know, reaping versus sowing. So when you have a business, you are, you're sowing, right? Yeah. You are like, you're really putting... Um, seeds or whatever in the ground if we want to continue this allegory right with the hope of reaping more than what you you put in yeah right and in real estate we're kind of doing the same thing although it's not it's because of an unjust system right i'm just thinking because we know okay but wait 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 so okay i'm waiting sorry when you put a seed in the ground yeah is one little thing and then god causes that to go into a plant into grain and have an abundance of yeah. seeds. Yes. So then those are the, the sowing, like you, you're not sowing what you are. You're, those are what you're reaping, right? So you're not reaping what you sowed. You're reaping abundance or like, uh, you know, tenfold what, what you yeah. sowed. Right. Yeah. So that's the productivity, right? You're putting something in the ground, you're getting more out. Yeah. And that's, you know, in a business generally that's useful depending on the business, but let's say you're employing people, right? It's good all around for everybody. Yeah. And then, you know, you deserve to, to reap, to get those rewards with the understanding. Again, it's not yours, Yeah, but God allows you to hold. But I was thinking that. in terms of real estate, like, yeah. okay, but the sowing and the reaping analogy, like if I sow in real estate, like I have a house, but from day one, it's deteriorating. It's going down in value. Like it, yep. the, the, the tenants move in there, the things start falling apart, right? Like, so in 20 years, 30 years, it's not going to be like a grain that I planted in the ground and now there's 10 of them, right? Like it's not going to be 10 houses or 10 units or it's just going to be the no, same but thing, in, but in less, not as good shape. <laughs> but well, but in terms of the monetary value, <laughs> yeah. right? So I think there is, you, there is, it's a good thing if you have a property, well, you have to maintain that. That's yeah. good. You're putting work into it. You're doing honest work. Yeah. And, you know, that should maintain its value and provide housing for somebody over the yeah. long term. So that's good. And you, you can make some money from that. But really what we're seeing with monetary, with debasement is um, we're kind of in real estate reaping what we didn't sow. Yeah. Right. When you see these ridiculous <laughs> You're values of price of house prices going up. Yeah. That's not, that's just wealth stolen that. from the nation. Right? Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, you and so me, you we didn't and me do anything. Are thieves. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's maybe a strong way to put strategic it. Strategic thieves. Strategic thieves. Oh, no, that's no but we're, that's word. the whole point of real estate is yeah. you're taking advantage of this system. Yeah. And, uh, so some people will argue, and there's maybe an argument for that, that that's not like you shouldn't do that because you're ethical. participating in a corrupt system. Yeah. And then, you know, it's my, like, how can you not? My, well, my, that's exactly <laughs> my point. How can you not participate? Because yeah. everything we do is corrupt. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we'll have a different system one day. But but that it's it's sort of the similar a similar um, idea, the, the reaping versus sowing. Right. In real estate, you're not getting you're not reaping what you sowed. Yeah. Unfortunately. And that's just how it is. And yeah. eventually, maybe one day it won't be like that. But um, you need to do that because. If you're just working a job, a minimum wage job, let's say, like in the current system, in the current system, you will never reap more than you sow and you yeah. will probably reap less than you. That's sow. kind of frustrating because yeah, that that's what, that's either. what we talked about with uh, Robert Kiyosaki. We got to have him on, eh? Robert? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll Gideon, can up. you get Robert Kiyosaki on the phone? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> 
where is he? He's late. <laughs> but no, his whole mindset is, you know what? Go to school, get a good job, get, um, you know, get good grades, right? Get, get a good pension. That's the system that we grew up with that we were taught. And if you follow that and you abide by what you're taught and you do all the right things, the system itself does not reward you. And, um, yeah, it kind of, it's kind of saddening, right? Saddening and maddening. And, um, for the average person, just like coming out of school, getting a job, working hard, find a place to rent and then going, I'm never getting ahead. It's like, no, you're not. (laughs) Right. And to say that to people is kind of like, well, sorry, but also like whose fault is this? And I think that's the kind of the point of our podcast is to like shine light on the fact that, yeah, if you wake up in the morning and you go to work and you have no investments and no, uh, and you store all of your money in like Canadian dollars, right? Pizza and video games. Well, whatever it is, right? Even if you work hard and you spend all of your waking hours trying to diligently work, like you're going to save money. But if you save that money in a currency that's devaluing constantly, like you're never getting ahead. And I think that loops in with the stewardship aspect, right? Like as a steward, we have this calling to use our time and talents wisely. And I think if you understand that the system is what it is and you understand that you're going to spend a lot of your life working, well, why don't we find a way that we can productively use the, uh, like the fruit or what you've reaped from your labor in a way that doesn't devalue so that in, in 20 years you can be a bigger blessing to other people and you can help, you know, those who maybe are just starting out or haven't got this yet. Right. So, I mean, all of our listener out there, (laughs) (laughs) I think there's two, so you can say listeners. (laughs) Oh man. That's my little rant. Okay. Well, we both had, that's nothing to do with Bitcoin. This whole podcast was supposed to be about Bitcoin. So, well, it, it is because we see the problem. Yeah. Right. And we're living in a world with, uh, again, a corrupt money system. And like, what do you do in response to that? Right. So that that's where Bitcoin comes in. Yeah. You wrote something on your paper and I'm really curious because oh, usually like, when I say things, nobody takes notes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He's like re- crossing things off. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a thought in my own head. It was nothing you said, Brent. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Note for a future episode. Um, Okay. Okay. So, I mean, have we, I don't know, have we kind of covered? Yeah, we did point one and um, uh, point, no, part of point is, two. Is Bitcoin but, an investment? I think that's yeah, the thing we wanted to yeah. talk about. Can you invest in Bitcoin? I mean, we didn't go into libertarianism and Christianity and are they compatible and well, sovereignty. Well, that's part of my note here. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, all right. Why don't we cut it there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that uh, brought some value to people, <laughs> right? Is it an investment? No, it's not an investment. It's, we could have saved you like yeah, an we hour. Could. <laughs> Enjoy your commute to work. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, cool. Thanks for listening, folks. And until next time. Steward your wealth wisely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both, give us a five-star rating. To interact with the show, feel free to reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely.